1: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. According to the Georgia Food Bank Association, one in six Georgians is food insecure, meaning they don't know how or where they will get their next meal. Well, this week, GPB News is reporting on new approaches to food access. And now we're turning to a young Georgian who works on solutions around the country. Jack Griffin created the Food Finder app while a high school student in Duluth. The recent college graduate has just moved back to his hometown and joins me in the studio. Jack, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you for being here. How did you become interested in food access as a sophomore in high school?
2: Yeah, well, the uh, story of the accidental entrepreneur really holds true for me. Um, Yeah, more than six years ago, uh, like all the cool kids, I was watching 60 Minutes uh, before school (laughs) one Sunday night. And this was a story that showed how difficult life really was for kids and families who were hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when the light bulb didn't go off immediately. I just knew that, you know, I was fired up, wanted to help out in my community uh, in Gwinnett County. But when I went to uh, you know Google, the only place I knew where to search for, um, to find a place to volunteer at or donate to, that's when I realized how difficult it really was to find um, food pantries and food assistance programs.
1: Well, what did you find when you Googled? What were you Googling?
2: Yeah, um, just food pantry near me, um, you know, places in Gwinnett County, and that's when I realized that Google's a lot better at pointing you to restaurants right. than it is for food pantries. Because, you know, the smallest organizations out there, the ones doing really great work, are the ones where you can get help um, if you are food insecure. Um, but at the same time, a lot of these places aren't, uh, you know, really SEO wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: so search engine optimizing. Yes. I just want to point that out yep. to, <laughs> to people who may not know your
2: entrepreneurial <laughs> language. Yeah, for sure. But then, I you know, I was a regular kid having this much trouble just finding when and where to show up but what if I was someone who needed this help Mm. and that didn't seem right to me and then that's when I realized that maybe connecting the people who were looking for help with the places that offer it is a way that I could have a really strong impact.
1: And that's something that you started working on. But back up just a bit. What did you learn about food access or lack thereof in your community at the time, Gwinnett County?
2: Yeah. Um, early on, talking to teachers, the homeless coordinator for my county school system, it was all fascinating and kind of heartbreaking. Mm. Um, we was talking about my school, Peachtree Ridge, was actually one of the best um, in, uh, high schools in the county in terms of the lowest percentage of kids on free introduced lunch. But when I asked my Uh, assistant principal how many kids in the school were um, enrolled, she said a thousand. And it was really showcased the invisibility of the problem. You know, all I see are my friends and classmates walking down the halls.
1: A thousand students are hungry.
2: Yep. And that was about a third. Um, And one out of every three is sort of a mind-boggling number. And it continues to sort of even be more shocking when you realize that there were plenty of schools in the same, you know, 10 or 15 minutes down the road that had 90 plus percent enrollment Mm. in food assistance programs.
1: So first, you were looking for volunteer opportunities with a food pantry. Did you find many in Duluth?
2: Yeah, we found a couple. um, Great organizations, um, run out of faith-based institutions, uh, food pantry-specific programs that we wanted to help out at. Um, But again, it was just the information was less, was not nearly as accessible as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I came to know that doing more research as to the role technology could play, I found that the people actually seeking this Help for food, were often a lot more tech savvy than the places that offer it because of how important of a lifeline smartphones are for you know people who this is their computer, it's their only way to get in touch with their families when they're not in the same building. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding how many people were searching for this help online was a big role in you know not that I wanted to create an app and trying to you know attach a problem to solve. It was finding that we know that there's a problem in seeking this help and there's this information gap. Technology is, it might actually be the best way to solve that and uh, bridge that divide.
1: So you founded the Food Finder app to help people locate food assistance in mm-hmm. their neighborhoods. Where did you even begin? Were you tech savvy yourself?
2: <laughs> no, I was not the one slinging lines of code um, behind the app. I was really the, I had the idea. I wanted to build it however I could. Um, worked with a great company um In 2014 in Atlanta to build it, uh, but started off by, you know, really brute forcing it, doing every search term possible, doing every means we could to try and find these assistance programs using traditional means. And it took a month to find 100 or so uh, in the Gwinnett County and surrounding areas. And it just, it was we've gotten a lot better since then, but it really, even how we had to do it ourselves at the beginning sort of spoke to how um, you know outdated or uh, unreliable mm-hmm. a lot of the existing information was because, you know, it's in a resource-constrained environment. It's really Right. Tough They're
1: to, focused on something oh, else.
2: Mm-hmm. They have so much to focus on with such, you know, small budgets, 100% volunteer run. It's, they just don't have enough time in the day. So then that's where us as this being our sole focus of making sure this information on when where to get help is known, that's where we can pick up the slack uh, to help not only food insecure families but also the providers doing really amazing work already.
1: Did you have to pay the people doing the code?
2: Yeah. Um, we actually launched uh, a crowdfunding campaign uh, about five years ago um, on Indiegogo. Raised about $6,000 of a $5,000 goal and that got our uh, V1 of the website uh, launched and we just had the five-year anniversary of our website's creation yesterday.
1: Wow. So how many people are you reaching? Do you know?
2: Yes. um, We use analytics to track all that. Um, Now that we service uh, all across the country, uh, making sure people can find uh, help. We've now also just hit a big milestone in serving our 70,000, 5,000th user, uh, making sure we can help them find help nearby.
1: And how many uh, food assistance locations do you have uh, available on the app?
2: Yeah, started with just a couple dozen in Gwinnett uh, five years ago, and now we've since grown to include 45,000 food assistance programs in all 50 states.
1: Across the country. Well, you said that it was hard to find information on food assistance and Mm -hmm. other social services online. So how did you get that and turn it into Food Finder?
2: Yeah, the way that we really wanted to bring it to scale um, so we can handle it. Not, not that we need to reach out to all 45,000 because that's not the most feasible thing in the world. We started working with regional food banks um, as the ones that are actually the distributors to a lot of the local food pantries and uh, churches and all that who give out the food on the front lines. So you know, here in Atlanta we have the Atlanta Community Food Bank, which is a terrific organization, working with other Feeding America food banks and their network um, that were larger organizations uh, You basically partnering with them to get their list of the partner agencies that they served was a great way that we could start to expand our service map and our footprint to be able to help uh, countless more families in countless more towns and cities across the country.
1: So let's if talk about how Food Finder actually works because, you know, somebody online right mm-hmm. now might be able to look. And I would recommend looking for Food Finder GA. That's mm-hmm. how I found it more easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What does it do? What, what, what happens?
2: Yeah. Uh, URL today is foodfinder.us. So uh, pretty simple. Um, and it's really, again, simple is really the name of the game. Um, as soon as you open the website or open the phone uh, or open the mobile app on your phone, it defaults to it ask for your current location. Um, and that's all we need. Um, yeah,
1: I noticed that. Mm-hmm. I signed on to the app. It didn't ask for a login, anything like that. Why not? That exactly. must be by design.
2: It is exactly by design. We wanted to make this as hoop-free uh, a platform to use as possible. There's no personal information, no login. We wanted to maintain the privacy and dignity of the user as much as possible um, so that anyone can feel comfortable. Uh, very clean maps design. As soon as you open it, you basically see a map of Two things: where your current location is, and where all the nearest food pantries and food assistance programs are near you, mm-hmm. on a really recognizable, you know, Google Maps-esque display. Um, as soon as you tap on the uh, pin, tap on the name of a resource, you're taken to our final information screen, which gives you, you know, street address, hours of operation, contact information, what you need to bring to that location in order to receive assistance. All this really actionable. Uh, data that is so often sort of lost in the fray, mm-hmm. if you just go to traditional search engines. But this is, this is what you need, and this is what you uh, need to know in order to really get help for you and your family. And our goal is to just give that as respectfully and uh, easily as possible to the user.
1: How much of your target population do you imagine, or I'm sure you've done mm-hmm. analytics on this kind of thing, actually use smartphones?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. It's uh, probably been asked that uh, number of times, you know, in the thousands, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's surprisingly high. Um, the qualitative answer to that is if you ask anyone working in a food pantry that they know, volunteer or otherwise, the vast majority of visitors have smartphones. And, you know, it's not an iPhone 10 type deal, uh, but it is really, you know, really great smartphones that are available for free um, through government assistance or for under $10. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't realize, but it's so important as technology. Uh, but in terms of how many people are seeking this information, uh, while hunger and food insecurity has deep decreased in America as the economy has got better since 2015 uh, by 7%. Searches on Google for food pantries near uh, near the people searching have increased 544 percent to 2.6 million in 2018 alone. Um, And that's just a huge upsurge of the number of people seeking this information. Um, So when this many people are looking for this kind of help, then the least we can do is offer a really great, really uh, private and respectful solution that can get them the help that they're looking for.
1: My guest is Jack Griffin. He's a Duluth native and recent college graduate and founder of the Food Finder app, which helps people find food pantries, food assistance, other social services. Well, this launched as a website in 2014 with a map of more than 50 food pantries, as you said, now at 45,000. Then you moved to Michigan for college. So what kind of parallels did you see between food insecurity in metro Atlanta and in Ann Arbor, where where you went to school near Detroit? Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, Ann Arbor was really fortunate. We had a major food bank um, less than a mile off of campus, um, and that serviced, um, you know, 100, 150 food pantries. Ann Arbor was uh, really well covered um, in terms of, you know, uh, programs that were helping the uh, community residents. But on the other hand, when you compare Atlanta to Detroit, uh, that was a very fascinating sort of uh, comparison because Atlanta is well covered. ACFB, the Atlanta Community Food Bank, does great work. And um, Detroit, on the other hand, was hit really hard um, during the financial crisis. Uh, And what a lot of people don't realize is that that Detroit is huge geographically. It's the largest city uh, by square miles in the country. Uh, At the same time, food deserts um, often correspond to not even uh, not having grocery stores, but also not having food assistance programs. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though Detroit is fully covered By Food Finder, the map, because you can get that information visually, start to learn new things. And through our map, you see that there's a lot of empty space um, in Detroit compared to Atlanta because of how huge the city is. And often, you know, how there aren't as many places offering up food to the people, even though the need might be very great.
1: Earlier this month, you met with the Secretary of Agriculture, former Georgia Governor Sonny Perdue, to explore how Food Finder and other nonprofits can work with the federal Mm -hmm. government to alleviate hunger. Any takeaways from that meeting you want to share with us?
2: Yeah, no, that was a great meeting in D.C., had the nice uh, Georgia connection uh, between the two of us. Um, But that was me and about seven other nonprofit uh, hunger-related leaders from across the country uh, talking about how we can best Uh, coordinate efforts with the federal government and we all wanted to make sure that the goal um, of all of this is to make sure that we can lift people out of food insecurity into self-sufficiency so that takes into taking a lot of effort up front to be thoughtful um, as to how we can address childhood hunger senior hunger uh, people who face transportation um, as a barrier to accessing the help Uh, even if they know where to go how do they get there and all the logistics of that um, and uh, Secretary Perdue was really uh, conscientious of how saying that us as uh, sort of uh, you know, nonprofits and separate entities outside the government, you know, we are just faster, we're more agile, we can do things that the federal government can't, and the vice versa, uh, the opposite is true as well. Um, so when we have these unique specialties of um, being able to scale, being able to help people across the country, but the government has so many resources and already does so much to spend billions of dollars to help food insecure users, then working together, we can really move the needle and hopefully make a transformative impact in the landscape.
1: Well, Jack Griffin, what a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much.
1: He's the Duluth native and Food Finder app founder, Jack Griffin. You can find more on the app at gppnews.org. Nearly half of American college students have a hard time getting enough healthy food. At the University of Georgia, students applied for a grant to expand the reach of a food pantry on campus. And that's where Ava Parisi works. She leads the tour of the program in this audio postcard from GPB's Ellen Eldridge.
0: It's a resource here on campus to help provide food to students in need so that they have kind of one less worry on their plate so that they can really focus on school. Your first time coming to the pantry basically what you'll do is the volunteers will explain to you, you just sign in on the tablet and you put in your student ID number and you fill out a quick survey and then you just kind of take whatever you want and you're allowed to head out.
1: We're going to be harvesting kale,
0: kohlrabi, some
3: fennel, cilantro.
0: We've also started working with U Garden here on campus to get fresh produce weekly as well, which is super awesome because we've had a lot of students request fresh produce and so now U Garden is being able to make that happen for us, which we're really grateful for.
3: John McGinnis, student worker at U Garden. I'm a biology major with a horticulture minor.
2: I'm
1: Lily Dabbs. I'm a geography major in urban metropolitan studies, and I'm
2: a farm intern and a member of the U-Garden club.
3: U-Garden started out about like nine or ten years ago. Um, The main two missions that U-Garden has is to give back to the community by providing produce to them, and it also serves as a teaching farm.
1: We're just prepping harvest. Um, We're getting ready to sanitize our produce bins and our washing bins. So this is our bleach mix. It's just a um, 10% bleach. Um, and we only harvest in these green bins. Four boxes at the end are used for the club, and then they're also part of a class project where they build the box and then maintain them throughout the semester.
3: Once we finish up with the harvesting, we have to do the basic washing, getting it ready for, you know, the basic person to eat get all the dirt out all that good stuff and then once that's ready then we can bring the stuff over to the food pantry or whoever we're delivering the produce to with the food pantry when that came along uh, that was brought up by David Burley our advisor he had the idea of this grant which ties back to our mission with giving back to the community more specifically the students in this case with that grant we were able to provide Uh, Money for a new refrigerator for the food pantry located on campus.
0: It's beautiful, and now we get the fresh produce every week, so it's been seriously so pivotal for the pantry to be able to kind of expand its resources and provide for students
1: in a better way. Those were UGA students and vegetable farmers John McGinnis and Lily Dabbs. We also heard from Ava Parisi of the UGA Student Food Pantry. They were all talking about how they work together to feed students. Now, coming up, we've got a public art project bringing some prominent Atlanta citizens back to Auburn Avenue. We'll be hearing that story in just a minute. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for that when On Second Thought continues.